What's going on, pickleballers? Today's guest is your APP Atlanta men's single silver medalist. Could have been gold. There was a little controversy there. We'll get into it later. Former UCLA tennis player, former professional tennis player, now an MLP signed pro starting in 2024 through 2026. It's just a great day to be Roscoe Bellamy. <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks so much for having me. No problem, man. Pleasure to have you on. So right off the rip, you come from kind of the lineage of fantastic tennis players, pickleball players. Who is the best Bellamy? Uh, I would say results wise, uh, probably my mom. I think she's kind of led the uh, the movement in tennis uh, and pickleball in the family. She started originally as a professional tennis player or collegiate tennis player first. Um, she uh, won the NCAAs her freshman year in college and then uh, went and played on the tour, um, professional tennis for a while, did great. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, what is it, you know, 20, 30 years later, now she's now she's playing pickleball and that's kind of what got me and the rest of my family to start playing. Fantastic. And she went to USC, you went to UCLA. Was that a hard decision to make for you going to UCLA when, when the rivalry between UCLA and USC is so strong? <laughs> I would say, you know, I get asked that a lot, but in, in, in general, I would say it's mostly um, just like wanting to stay in LA. So, I mean, you have two, two great options, which are UCLA and USC. My mom went to USC for tennis uh, for one year then turned pro and then she finished at UCLA and then went to law school at UCLA. So I would say there's not, you know, too much of a, you know, a rivalry there. My older brother played tennis at USC and then uh, my other older brother played tennis at UCLA with me. So yeah, it's it's not, there's not too much of a, of any M or, you know, rivalry there. So. All right. Fair enough. Because my dad's from Ohio. He's an Ohio state fan. If I went to Michigan, I might be disowned. So I'm glad you're not disowned from the family. Oh, my mom's from Ohio as well, so. Oh, really? What part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's from Dayton. Oh, same with my dad. Oh, awesome. There yeah. we go. It's a trip, man. Yeah. So how did you get started into pickle? I know you kind of talked about your mom getting the gang in, but how did you personally get started? Yeah, so originally I, I uh, played tennis at UCLA, like you said, um, and my senior year I was kind of, you know, getting ready to head off to some futures, um, which are kind of like the starter level of professional tennis. Um, I found myself, you know, dealing with quite a bit of injuries in tennis. It's super stressful on the body. Had two hip surgeries my senior year in college. And, you know, I still wanted to give it a go. I still wanted to follow my dream and play professional tennis. Um, after those hip surgeries are rehabbed for about a year. And then right when I was getting ready to go travel to some futures, my mom kind of put a pickleball paddle on my hand and was just like, just give it a try for a little bit. Just play like two months and, and if you don't like it you know you can always you can always go play tennis and, and so I did um and yeah I just you know right from the start I think you know as a lot of tennis players you know you you just love it it's 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 fun it's similar but it's very different at the same time you, you can use a lot of your racket skills and they translate over nicely um but so yeah that happened uh, I, I kind of got situated in a nice community of, of LA players and we, you know, would go play and then we'd go hang out, we'd go eat. Uh, and I think that kind of community also kind of, um, you know, made me keep playing. And then, you know, eight months, nine months later, here I am. So. So it was nine months ago that you basically picked up a paddle and started. Yeah. I think, uh, the first time I played, um, or the the first time I really played, like you know, was 
in December of 2022. I played um, still with kind of like a, you know, a little bit of a messed up hip and, and I kind of, we were on a family vacation and I, I played in Hawaii. Um, funny enough, we had like Paris Todd, uh, the Johnsons, um, Shelby Bates, a few other people with us on that vacation. And, nice. and so it was like, I was surrounded by some good players. And I remember coming out there and, and losing to a few of them and just getting a little competitive, like right off the bat. And, um, yeah, but I, I had so much fun. Like we'd wake up in the morning and everyone would be like, Oh, let's go surf. Let's go do this. And I was like, I want to go play pickleball. Like it was like my second time playing. And then in January I was like, okay, I'm actually going to like try and like, you know, play a little bit more. Um, so I started practicing with some friends and then I would say by, February, I was like, all right, I want to, I want to, you know, meet some other players and, and, and start to really practice or train, I guess. Um, and that's when my mom kind of got me hooked up with guys like, uh, with Doug L and West Burroughs and, and a lot of that LA kind of pickleball community. Um, and that's, you know, pushed me even further, uh, in March I started playing or I was, I was going to play my first tournament. I was going to play the Mesa APP, um, about two weeks before I got a text from Matt Manassi, uh, he, you know, or he called me. I remember it was like, I was like, it like woke me up and uh, I had met him like once or twice and I didn't even have his number saved and I got a call and I answered it and he's like, hey, what are you doing this week? And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go play like the Mesa APP, like my first tournament. And he's like, okay, well, what do you think about going to Florida and playing in um, an amateur event? He's like, the winners get, I think it was like $10,000 and, uh, you get to play a match against, um, Andre Agassi and Andy Roddick. And I was like, yeah, it could be cool. And I kind of <laughs> talked it over with my family a little bit and they're like, yeah, like a hundred percent you should go. So I, I called him back and I was like, fine, I'm in like, I'll, I'll postpone my first pro tournament until a little bit later on. Um, we play that tournament. Uh, we won it. So it was, it, the reason it was amateur tournament was like, there was a cap on the duper rating. Um, and I didn't have a duper at the time. I never <laughs> played a match and, uh, Matt was, Matt's really good. And, and, and so he definitely guided me. Like, I, I think the first, the first match we played, I got like four foot faults. Um, I served before the ref called the score. I like, I literally like was like piecing it together as we, as we went. And then we were down match points in, in, in a match. And then we ended up winning it. And after that, it was, oh, and then we ended up playing Agassi and Roddick. We beat them too in front of a ton of people. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I love this sport. This is awesome. So May came and played my first, my first pro tournament. And yeah. So I saw, I saw on your Instagram, like that's one of like your first posts, I feel like, which, you know, didn't happen that long ago, but yeah, it was you and Matt holding up a little 10 K, uh, winner's check. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a really cool experience. Honestly, you know, tennis and pickleball combined, like, I mean, that's gotta be up there and you know, the top three of, of just coolest experiences. Um, yeah, it was, it was honestly like, I, I wasn't expecting like, to win it, I wasn't expecting to to like have it be this insane experience. Like I knew it was gonna be fun and cool, but like I was just like, I hope I can like not let Matt down. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it was it was great. It was it was the best time ever. Um, I met a lot of great people, and uh, yeah, it just kind of pushed me more towards pickleball and, and got me thinking like, okay, like maybe I really want to do this and, and give it a shot for longer. 
Um, cause at that time I wasn't even sure if I was going to go back to play tennis or not. Um, yeah. And so then after that amateur tournament, when was your first professional tournament? My first professional tournament was then in May. I think it was the end of May or maybe like classic classic. Yeah. Yeah. The one in Cincinnati, Cincinnati. My family in Cincinnati. So I was like, this is a perfect one to go play. Right. My mom was going to go play it. So, you know, I just hopped on a plane with her, went and played it. Um, so you made a deep run playing. there, or pretty solid. You got two wins in the in the winners bracket. Maybe pieced together a couple in the loser or the opportunity bracket. So did you kind of know, like, yeah, no doubt, I belong with these guys? Was that kind of like reaffirming in any way? Yeah, I was. I was surprised. I mean, I think that kind of. I, I knew Hunter and Yates were going to be there, and those were kind of you know some of my childhood friends. They're they're five or six years older than me, but they were really good friends. My older brother Robbie, so they traveled with him a lot to play tennis, and and um, you know they've just been longtime friends of ours. So I'd kind of been keeping track of how they were doing, and I was just excited to see them. And we practiced like the day before um, the tournament started, and and. I was able to hang with them. So I was like, okay, like maybe that, you know, like I'll, I'll do decent. I had to be qualifying that next morning, like 7 a.m. Um, it, it was not easy. I, I, I played like two solid players actually in qualifying. Um, one of them, this kid Parker Dyer, who's, who's been doing well um, after that. And, and, uh, and then I played Grant Bond first round, who's a great buddy of mine. I just played some doubles with. Yeah. Uh, Took him out, uh, got to meet him too. Um, played Frank Anthony Davis, who's you know, from what I know now, is is an absolute legend. And uh, legend. I mean, he put me through the ringer. I I remember after that match being like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to walk after this. I mean, he made me play so many balls. Was able to sneak that one out after having match points in the second, and and then he he won that set. Somehow won that, and then ended up playing my buddy Yates, which is like the weirdest thing ever. And you know, was up a set in, in four one or a game in four one, and uh, lost that. But it was it was it was fun. I had the best time, and um, you know, met a lot of great people as well at that tournament. And uh, my doubles clearly was not you know at the level of my singles yet, and so you know, I knew I had to work a lot on that. And yeah, it was it was a great introduction. I feel like every tournament I've gone to is is more like fuel in the tank to kind of keep on playing and, and doing better and you know your community and, and contacts in the pickleball sport kind of grow and and you really feel like you know you got friends in the sport and and it's it's yeah it's it's a really fun thing i think so you started there in cincinnati and then was were you already kind of deciding like hey i'm giving this a shot or were you still kind of on the fence at that moment I didn't know anything at that time. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even remember. It kind of feels like a little bit of a blur. Um, having to kind of, I mean, I didn't have to, but but stopping tennis, which was something that I did my entire life, um, was not easy. And it's kind of like giving up on a dream that you just sure always thought was going to be true from from day one. And you know, I, I had an amazing tennis career. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so happy with how it went. And um, you know, it, it's definitely set up a. a you know, a life that I loved. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I was still kind of dealing with, like, I remember like not even being able to like hear about tennis or watch tennis. I was like, I can't even like, I, I just wanted it out of my brain. Um, and so 
I think doing well in that tournament helped me kind of be like, all right, like maybe like, you know, this is like kind of something new. And, and like I said, just a little more fuel to the uh, competitive juices and to the idea that, okay, maybe this could, could be a real thing. So, yeah. So once you kind of decided to make pickleball a real thing, what has the grind been like? Like what do do aspiring pros or what did you do in order to kind of not necessarily make that next step because you already are at that next level at the pro level but just what's the grind been like to go from maybe a lower level pro or just starting out to where you are now like what's the grind like the grind is definitely getting more intense and i think that's for everyone uh just from the time i started till now you see a lot of really good players coming in the sport um similar to me you know a lot of people have a tennis background i think most players in the sport uh have somewhat of a racket sport background um but you know it it, it makes you dig your, your your feet in a little bit more and kind of say all right i can't just go out and and play i gotta drill a little more i gotta work on things and and i think that's actually a really fun part of it because I played 20 years of tennis and it's like, I feel like I already knew everything and it was more just dialing in stuff. Pickle, it's like every day I play, I feel like I learned something sure. new. Whether it's, you know, a different way to hit my drop or, um, you know, how to have a more consistent drive, how to take, you know, more balls out of the air, you know, how to get into the net quick. Like there's just, you know, so much that, that you're still learning and, and the sport's always growing as the games are changing, the technology of the paddles and the ball and everything is getting better. Um, so you really have to spend that time, not just in tournaments, but, but on the practice court, training, drilling, um, honing in on, on certain shots. Um, I think a lot of fitness is starting to come into it. Whereas, you know, like I said, the, the ball speed's getting faster, the paddles are getting stronger. So, you know, you have to be able to adapt to, you know, people hitting bigger and so, I think it takes a little a little more of a toll on the body. So I think dialing the fitness is important these long days too. Um, yeah, I, I, in general, the the grind is is just day in day out. It's it's not something that I think people are going to be able to just take lightly. If you want to be a pro player, I think it's going to be one of those things. that's going to be like, hey, this is this is a full time a full time gig, and I'm ready for that. I think um, I, I think I, I like that. I, I want to be able to put in the work, and I think it's fun. And so what does your pickleball schedule or training schedule, weights, whatever it is outside of pickleball, but what does that look like Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday? So this is something I've been messing around with a little more, uh, my pickleball schedule, but the last seven of the nine uh, of the last nine weeks, um, I've been on the road. So it's not like I've really been um, able to have like a training block like you would maybe uh, in tennis or, or you know, and a lot of other sports. I mean, tennis is, is you know, a, a full calendar year as well. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like these last seven weeks, I'm, I, I was getting a lot of good practice and, and match experience. Now I have a little a little break. Um, I thought I was going to have like three, four weeks at home. Um, I think tomorrow I'm, I'm leaving to Idaho and I just got back like two days ago. Uh, I'm going to go train with Tyson McGuffin for a few days up there. Um, he just hit me up yesterday and I was like, all right, you know, get to train with one of the best. Like I'm, I'm going to go do that. Um, especially if I'm, I'm doing this full time and, and taking it super seriously. Um, 
also when you play like with people like that, I, I think you you learn a lot too. So it's 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 important. Um, yeah, when it, when I'm at home, I I, I kind of am, am drilling, training, um, doing fitness, uh, honing in on on certain shots. Like I'm a mix of that, but but it's something I've been messing around with lately. So um, I don't have like a you know a perfect answer for that, but but. I think um, moving forward, that's that's something that I'm going to keep on messing around with. But yeah, just just a good mix of drilling, training. But is it pretty much like it has to be an everyday type of thing, or is there off days occasionally, or maybe like active recovery days, or what does the playing versus drilling look like as well? So that depends on the the tournament schedule. If I have a long singles day, which I did in Atlanta um, when I got to Championship Sunday, I mean, I, I was dead the next day I, I woke up that next morning and i was like like i couldn't even walk it was just like you know you're so sore you played from 8 a.m to, to 6 p.m so if you have a day like that yeah you definitely need an active recovery day you have to be smart about it you really have to dial in you're eating um you know whether you're stretching whether you're doing an ice bath something like that to, to kind of regenerate your 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 energy in your body um, in terms of training, I think if, if you're just, let's say I have a week at home, I want to probably be doing three, four days of, of drilling three, four days of, um, games and practicing, but, but making sure I'm getting one to two sessions in per day, sure. um, with some fitness, probably every other day. And then some stretching every night. As far as drilling, how how many hours, let's say on those three to four days, like how many hours of drilling do you try to do? So let's say I would, um, let's say I would play, you know, two hours in the morning with, with a buddy and we'd be drilling. So, uh, our mutual friend, Matthew Marceau, for instance, he comes over a lot and, and we'll do probably an hour or two hours of just drilling. And then I might have a game scheduled later in the day, whether that's singles, um, Gabe Joseph lives nearby, so sometimes I'll try to get in some singles with him, although he teaches a lot, so it's kind of hard um, sometimes. So if I can do that, you know, that would be great. Um, definitely, you know, one or two days a week of singles and then probably doubles is, is a little easier to schedule. So a mix of that. Um, definitely at least one practice per day, sometimes two. And what are you like drilling on when it comes to doubles? Like your singles game's fantastic. Doubles is kind of getting there, but what do you look for? What are the what are the things that you're focusing on when it comes to doubles? This is a funny one, I think, just because for tennis players, it's a, it's a little odd to to play doubles. They're um, not odd, but it's it's definitely the one that takes the longest, right? You know, tennis players get singles quicker, and so if you talk to most of these people they're training and drilling doubles most just getting the reps in right a lot of dinks cross court a lot of drops a lot of fast hands um but if you want to take it a step further you know maybe having someone feed you you know just out of the air uh attack volleys over and over and over and over and and, and to the point where it becomes boring i think you have to have that kind of intensity to really separate yourself from some some of the other competition um you want to just see these balls so much that you feel like they're just you know you can can never miss them and of course it's that's not going to be the case um but for me it's it's just reps i i just want to get in 
as many drops as I can, as many you know dinks as I can, and and just drill Tom like I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I feel like you have. I mean, for singles, it works out really well, but I think doubles too, you must have a very long reach. I saw online, it says you're six, five. Is that, is that accurate? Or is that you kind of, you know, buffering it up a little? <laughs> no, that's, that's accurate. Um, so for singles, it's great. And I would imagine for doubles, it puts you in a u- unique position as far as just certain shots you can hit that others just might not be able to get to. Have you kind of been messing around with certain angles that maybe traditionally don't make sense for a lot of players, but for you, it's no problem. Or how have you been navigating your additional reach that probably a lot of players don't have? Yeah. So, so the reach is helpful, right? Especially if you're, you're sitting on that kitchen line, you know, the closer to the net, the more of an advantage you have. And if you can reach a little further, that always helps Uh, a big part of, of kind of learning how to use my reach was playing with with players that would say hey you need to do a little more of this right uh i i think it was west burroughs i was practicing with one day that was you know i was standing a little bit off the line um letting balls bounce and and kind of speeding them up more off the ground and he's like you you need to sit on that line and and make the other person feel a little pressure just because i'm bigger and, and a little longer i can kind of um create a little bit of a smaller area for the other player to dink and so they might, you know, draw a few airs from that or um, maybe pop a few balls up. Um, but just creating a little more pressure. I would say if you don't know how to use your length, which I didn't sure. for like the first like five months, it's it's not like you have an advantage um, too much. You you really need to know how to set yourself up to, to use your reach. Um, that's all come from drilling. Like I would say 95% of me learning how to use my reach has, has come from playing dink cross court games or dink down the line games. And, uh, you know, maybe hitting an aggressive push dink and then getting on that line, bending my knees down and sticking my paddle out and trying to make that other person feel like, oh, wow, I have like this much court to hit it in or or he's going to take it out of the air. So a little bit of of pressure and um, a little bit of aggressive dinking is is kind of, I think, a a good start to, to use my reach or... Yeah, it's 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 been a process. I remember playing years ago with Jeff Warnick, and I feel like one, I was never near his level, so he's already got a huge advantage, just being that he's a better player. But I felt like when dinking or even hitting third shot drops, like if I didn't hit it perfectly, and also he holds a paddle a little untraditionally, but yeah, if I didn't hit it perfect, it's like he could do so much with it. I mean, do you feel like that's the type of pressure that you wanna? have against the other uh, against your opponents yeah for sure i mean you you want to make your opponent feel like if they don't hit a perfect shot that they're you know gonna you know get attacked and so jeff is is you know he's been playing for a a long time and he's super unorthodox so it's like you just never know what he's gonna do but but that's the that's the type of feeling right like you don't know what's gonna come from him, so you're almost on edge, and it puts pressure on you. Um, and everything's so unexpected that you second guess yourself. And so, if you can do that uh, with your line, like that's that's what I'm trying to work on is is a little more of that deception um, that Jeff does so well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, good players know how to kind of 
make their opponent feel like that. And, and it's not like they're just getting, you know, or attacking from those positions, but they're, they're drawing a lot of airs too. So I think it's a, it's a mix of that. And, um, anything, you know, you can incorporate into your game that can kind of, you know, get you some more points. I think just, just kind of builds and builds and builds until, you know, you got a nice well-rounded game. So. And does your height and reach ever create problems for yourself in doubles? Like, is it more likely that you get jammed or anything like that? Or it's pretty much always an advantage. I think bigger players have trouble getting out of the way for speed up. So, you know, if you if you are a bigger player or, you know, at least for me, like, you know, going at the body a little more, if there's a ball sure. that's going to stay along, you might have a little trouble getting out of the way. So I think there there are some disadvantages as well. Um, I was watching that match back in the finals of uh, the Atlanta APP and I, I just kind of noticed myself not getting low enough. And I, I think that's probably from my height. Just I feel like I'm low, but in retrospect to other players, like I, I need to be sitting a little lower than the normal person. Um, it gets you, you know, stuck on some dinks sometimes. So being aware of that uh, is, is helpful. But but yeah, there, there's some there's some, you know, trickier situations um, having a little more length. Uh, but for the most part, I think there's more advantages to it. Sure, I believe it. I'll never get to experience it, but I believe it. So speaking of Atlanta APP, obviously the call of the match, everyone was talking about it. 5-6 ball game in Medina Alvarez clearly misses on his serve. He challenges it. I don't necessarily mind that, but how does the ref like confirm his challenge? Like, how does that happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it was a I. I for a second there, I, I think um, I was like, "Am I like crazy?" Like I, 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 I you know, I could have sworn I saw the ball, you know, you know, a couple inches out, and and so when when I got overruled, I was I was just surprised. Um, but you know, part of it is you know you know you're on the live stream, and I'm like, okay, like you don't want to make a bad call, but at the same time, like I'm like, God, I'm so confident the ball was out, and and then I got overruled, so looking back on it I'm, I'm glad i was right and and you know it happens it's uh you know sure. it's just part of part of the game of course i know a lot of people have been you know kind of uh stepping in and, and saying you know they gotta you know get challenge systems you know they gotta have you know more policies in place to make sure that doesn't happen and, and yeah it sucks when it happens against you but um you know look back on that match you know there were a lot of things i, I could have done better to, to make the score you know closer and, and give me the edge i think the one point definitely hurt my momentum i think i lost like what was it like uh eight of the next nine points or something like that so yeah of course it threw, your, threw my momentum off i won like i think i was on like a five point or six point win streak there yeah five point win streak there um so it is what it is uh I think you're right. I think it is what it is to a certain extent. Those calls happen or those things in games happen, no doubt about it. But I think what shocked me the most was that the ref um, overruled the call, because from what I've understood pretty much ever, if the ref can't see it, the ref can't make the call. And from that angle, that side of things like you can't make that. You can't make it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, it was it was clearly a mistake. And I think the biggest kind of critique was the ref was standing on on the side of the court where he couldn't like if the lines here 
the ball's yeah. here. He's yeah. over here, so he can't see that space anyways. Um, and so maybe that's why he thought it was in, but... in uh, realistically, same was Medina Alvarez. He was on the side of the court where you can't see the space between the ball and the center line. Most likely. I don't think he was like completely on the center line where he had a good look at it. Not a bad challenge. I can't, honestly, I can't blame him, but the ref overruling it, it's like, eesh. And it went viral. I was, I was little, <laughs> it was crazy. I was a little confused when he challenged it. Um, I think maybe, maybe he was just, you know, double checking and seeing um but we were both i mean you know we were both right on that line so I, I can't imagine that he saw it in um yeah considering it was it was you know you know looking at the video review it was, it was clearly out but it is what it is it happens and uh you know there's there's no there's no hard feelings i, I think uh you know maybe it's it's good if they you know make some adjustments and get some policy changes in there to, to make sure it doesn't happen it sucks because you know it's a final and it was on video, but yeah. I played I played him in the winner's bracket final and yeah. at 10 all, at, yeah, 10 all in the second set, um, he hits a passing shot. I would say it was the same amount out um, on the baseline. You have like six people sitting on the baseline there. You have like Yates Johnson and a few other players just watching the match and happen to be sitting on that baseline. I call it out, the ref overrules it and I was, Again, positive it was out. Um, everyone on the line was like saying like it was you know that far out, um, but I'm sure I've had some go my way as well. Sure. So I, you know it's it it's it it sucks. It's it's a terrible feeling when it happens. Um, but I, I think I think they're gonna you know make some changes to make sure you know the line calls are are just a little more accurate, um, and that you know confusions like that don't happen because it it is it is hard to see with with the eye sure sure with, with yeah. people hitting you know hard like they do that, so. got some community questions for you the first one is from zach romanzi he said when are you and caleb finally gonna make a pro dubs appearance caleb i, I think <laughs> he's talking about maybe caleb targavarthy one of my old tennis buddies um maybe there's someone else named caleb yeah, I think it's I think it's Caleb Targarthi. If it is, uh, man, I, I hope that would be so fun. Um, yeah, Caleb was one of my really good friends in tennis, so uh, that would be really fun. Right on. Next one, where did you learn all of your trick shots? Um, I don't know. I, I growing up, I, I played a lot of uh, doubles at um, the Palisades Tennis Center, which was this place I I grew up playing at, and a lot of the group I was with, you know would use kind of obscure shots and, and kind of um, unorthodox shots to to get some some free points. And maybe it's just it, honestly, I, I like to say it's like some bad. It's a bad habit because, you know, you see the highlights, but sometimes it doesn't go my way as well. Um, I think in pickleball, you're actually going to see more of, of maybe those reverse shots and, and right. um, a little bit of of innovation um, rather than just like standard, like um, kind of, I don't know, just volleys and and, and um, reaction shots. I think you're gonna see a little more the the tomahawk, I think is what they call it, or yeah. pancake shots, um, yeah. a little more innovation. So just honestly, it comes from drilling and, and just like some some bad habits so but I'm, is that atp the reverse atp like is that something you're drilling or that just like happened 
Yeah, I've, I've definitely done that a good amount, I think, um, in practice, uh, not on purpose. I think I have a harder time snapping with my wrist um, here, and I think I get a little more power from the, the front of the or back. Yeah, I think the front of the wrist. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, especially when the ball's behind me and I need to basically get it to go back in the court, I, I think it just gives me a little more leverage. and. Those tiny things go a long way in pickleball. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot of them don't go my way, but uh, fortunately, there's, there's been a few that have. So. Right on. Last one for you. This is from Matthew Marceau. I'm going to tone down yeah. the language. Just one word. You know, my five-year-old cousin <laughs> might be watching. Um, probably not. But um, have you ever felt like you may crap your pants mid-match due to nerves? Uh, um. <laughs> No, I've I've never felt that, um, but I'm I'm sure Matthew has. So probably, you know, yeah. I think he's speaking from experience. Um, we've drilled a lot uh, in you know in practice, so I I, I think maybe um, I don't know. May, maybe there's some stuff he's not telling me. I mean, is that what how he feels when he's drilling with you? Just that constant. I think I think so. I I think I've I've tagged him with a few shots. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Matthew's an interesting one. I think he's got this buddy named P train. I don't know. Do you know P train? Yeah, I know P train. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, I don't know what's going over and on in their practices, but you know, maybe they're discussing some of that stuff. So could be anything for them to get an edge or try yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. those symptoms for them. I mean, if it's, yeah, yeah. Course. I mean, it sounds very Matthew like, so. <laughs> Right on. All right, Roscoe, that's all. Um, let's wrap this up. Where can people find you and what could they look forward to next? Oh, what can they look forward to next? Um, I think my next tournament is going to be national. So that will be in November. I get a, Like I said, I get a little bit of time off, which is nice, um, especially after I think it was like six tournaments I just played. Um, train a little bit. Um, let's Yeah, so nationals and then I'm playing a tournament that's being put on by the kitchen um, in Austin uh, the weekend after that. Um, yeah, so so those two tournaments, schedule's always changing, so uh, I will get back to you on that. But cool. and um, where can people find you? Um, my Instagram, Roscoe Bellamy, just my name. I think that's my name on probably all socials, but I think Instagram's what I use most. And, uh, you know, some pickleball tournaments. Cool, right yeah. on, Roscoe Bellamy, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it.